last time on Murphy's Law, I mean the 2017 offseason, an astounding 93 players changed teams over the summer, starting with the White Howard getting traded to the Hornets. Even the draft wasn't safe from a shakeup as the Celtics and the Sixers swapped picks to get the player that won it anyway. On draft night, Jimmy Buckles got shipped to the Wolves to join his own coach and some promising youngsters. And after the prince of the big baller brand finally became a Laker, Snapchat and Fousey was deloaded and got stripped off to the Big Apple, where he proceeded to light the document on fire soon after. Chris Paul was sent to the Rockets in the shock trade, making the best one-two point guard punch since ever. Gordon Hayward went to the Celtics because, of course he did. Paul Millsap left the Hawks for Nuggets because ATL won a rebuild, and Paul George was traded to the Thunder in what seemed to be high-rated robbery committed by Sam Presti. Victor Oladipo turned into his third team in as many years. Poor kid. D. Wade and D. Rose joined forces with LeBron to set up an inevitable Cavs vs. Warriors Part 4. Except that Kyrie won no parts in the demands of trade. IT and Game packed their bags for Northeast Ohio in what seems to be more one of the most lopsided trades in modern NBA history. Oh, and Hoodie Mail got traded to OKC during training camp, so there's that. Will the Rockets torch the league in threes? Will the Celtics finally end LeBron's run of dominance in the East? Will the Cavs rebel against the Death Star at the Warriors? Will Durant finally brush his damn head on his way to another NBA ruining title run? Find out next time on Gym Rat Society. Psych, nigga! Warriors and foe. You knew what it was when you signed up. What you thought this was? Do the drop. Welcome to Zero Society. I'm Kyrie Kirby, and if you thought the last offseason was crazy, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. This is one of the rare times that the sequel is better than the original, and it's only day damn three. To recap, let's go through the free agency signings. It's a lot. So it starts off innocently enough. D Rose signs with the T Wolves, mainly with Tibbs. One year, 2.2 mil. Pacers gets Dougie's buckets for three years, 22 million. Trevor Reeser, he leaves the team with the best record in the league to go to the Suns, who have the worst record in the league. Jeremy Regret resigns with the Thunder. Jail Harris resigns. DeAndre Jordan signs three years too late for the Mavericks for $24 million and confirms with emoji. If that's not irony, I don't know what the hell is. Rudy Gay gets the one-year 10 mil. Um, Will Barton, which we all thought was going to be the first to go from the Nuggets after their ninth seed season, actually resigns with the Nuggets for four years, $50 million. And in the most mystifying free agency decision since Carmelo Anthony in 2014, after a three-part SportsCenter special on his decision after rejecting the Supermax in Indiana, wanted to go to LA after opting out of his contract in OKC. Paul George announces that he had unfinished business in OKC at a house party in Russell Westbrook's estate, signing for four years, 137 mil. Basically, after Carmel Empty re-signed for his $28 million player option, this is essentially the same team that was ushered out the playoffs last postseason. So, unfinished business with who, PG? Joe Ingles, who held you to five points in the closeout game? Or Donovan Mitchell, who outperformed you in the playoffs? This, I don't understand. Laker fans don't understand. Battle fans don't understand. We really thought it was Miami, maybe, Philly. Philly would have made a lot more sense. Boston. Yeah, I'm just not comprehending. But 
whatever. In other news, in max deals that actually make sense, Chris Paul's Toes of Warriors run it back, resigns for four years, $150 million because, of course, El Presidente. Obviously, it is kind of a long-term risk. CP3 is 33. He did miss at least 20 games the last two seasons. So I can see that, but after being one game and 28 missed threes away from winning a championship, I get that. So the Raptors re-signed Fred Van Vliet. Two years, $18 million. Stirs up the bench, best bench in the NBA other than the Warriors. And, you know, July 1st was just chugging along, you know, no drama, nothing like that. You know, power was coming on, but no. We got the wash bomb of all wash bombs before the power premiere because LeBron James, before he went, he goes on vacation, announces that he's going to sign for four years with the Lakers. Let that seep in. I mean, of course, this was, this was actually like a logistical move. Um, he has two houses in L.A. His son, this was a more so like a legacy move. Um, his son's going to go out to school in L.A. It makes sense. The team doesn't. So, KCP resigns. Javon McGee goes to the Lakers. Lance Stevenson, of all people, goes to the Lakers. Logistically, this makes sense. But this team, um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. And then, if just to make sure that this offseason was crazy, DeMarcus Cousins signs with the Warriors. No, no, not DeMarcus Cousins. The Thanos Cousins signs with the Warriors and completes the Infinity Gauntlet. No, no, no. DeMarcus Kaiba signs with the Warriors and completes the missing piece to his Zodiac, the Forbidden One, plaguing the NBA for, year, for a year to come. But honestly, I can rock with, with Boogie going to the Warriors. Again, he did injure his Achilles. He's not playing until December, January. So it wasn't that. But still, the magnitude... Like, we just got this at 8, 8 p.m. yesterday, and I'm still trying to unpack everything. But, you know, after, like, looking at all the logistics of it, it makes sense. I mean, he got injured. He So, therefore, he signs a one-year deal to, you know, prove himself and prove himself worthy of him deserving a max, which he does. I mean, what other player that you know drops 25, well, at least 20, and 10 for the last seven seasons. So I can see where he's coming from. Honestly, if no team, literally no team, gave him an offer after July 1st, then I would understand it. I, I rock with it completely. So to unpack this whole situation, who could have gave Boogie the max, realistically? Actually, it's, it was around eight or ten teams. The Hawks could have given him on max. But it doesn't really make sense because Atlanta's not a really Atlanta was a smaller market than NOLA. Atlanta and New Orleans are like the same small market team, whatever, whatever. It's, it wasn't going to work. They weren't trying to compete, okay? The Bulls, same th same thing. They really weren't trying to compete. There's like no pieces that you can put around Boogie for that one year. Atlanta, it makes more sense, but they're not competing, competing. Like they're they're like one piece away to getting that. The 76ers, they don't need Cousins. They have Joel Embiid, younger, healthier, question mark. And they just got off a of center log jam and Jalil Okafor and Noah Noel. So I can applaud the 76ers for not buying on Boogie. 
the Suns just drafted DeAndre Ayton, and literally it would just be another second round situation. The Mavericks just got the cast base on DeAndre Jordan. They got the center that they wanted, so that was dead. Indiana and Utah could have made could have made some shake with with the cast base and got Boogie, but understandably, they kept the game the gang together. Miles Turner and Rudy Gobert, defensive stalwarts. I mean, you're not missing much by knocking in Boogie if you're those teams. The Clippers re- literally, they could have made some shake, but Doc really would have to just, you know, cobble up with a deal. And that wasn't going to happen, you know. And the Kings. LMA. Oh, you really thought Boogie's going to go back to the Kings? You really thought? You you really thought that? that, that that's, that's cute. And the Lakers. But the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers have the most interesting case. Okay, so cool. So instead of pursuing Boogie for a one-year rental, they got KCP, and then they got Rondo for $9 million. Um, They used the middle of a reception on, on Lance Vance Stevenson, and they gave JaVale the, the veteran minimum. Even even that, they still could have got him for more than what the Warriors got him. If they were to renounce Julius Rondo's rights, which they did, and release you all ding, use a spread – Used a stress provision that would have opened them up, you know, around the ballpark around 18 20 million. You know, one year 18 million doesn't sound bad. They could have gotten maybe a little bit more if they would have let Carl Pope go or not get Rondo. But let's backtrack. Let, let's see. Let's let's pretend that they get, did get Rondo and Cousins. I mean, this would be their third team together. It may have worked, it may have not worked, but we all know LeBron. He need he doesn't need these players ready in January like Isaiah Thomas. He needs them ready now. Cousins being a one year rental is just too much of a risk for a roster spot for LeBron. So we can understand why they didn't jump on him. And 2019 they can get Kawhi and Boogie. So I'm not faulting Lakers for not getting Boogie. So that actually leaves with a lot of teams that could have paid Boogie 5.3 mil. The Cavaliers, the Clippers. The Grizzlies, the Knicks, the Magic, the Spurs, and the Jazz. And out of that list, no, 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 fuck no, LOL. Um, and Pop and Boogie would probably be the best reality TV show you can make right now. And Utah, um, Log Jam at Center. And that's only the non-taxpayer middle exception. For the taxpayer middle exception, the 5.3 mil that Boogie did sign, there's still a lot of teams that could have signed them. The Celtics, the Hornets, the Nuggets, the Pistons, the Rockets, the Heat, the Bucks, the Timberwolves, OKC, the Trailblazers, Raptors, Wizards, and of course, the two-time defending champions, the Warriors. So let's let's go down the list. So Boston. It would have been a logjam with Horford and Baines. Charlotte, they're not really competing. Denver, they have Jokic. Detroit has Drummond. Houston has Capella. Miami, they could have done it. And they really could have done it, but what pieces do they have? And honestly, it might be time for Whiteside to go if that happened. The Bucks, as much as I like them, see them run the East for one year. I don't think it would have meshed. Kind of like Bledsoe and... Giannis, you know, we thought that was going to mesh. It didn't. So here we are. 
and then we have the Timberwolves. Um, Cat says hi. Then we have the Thunder. Um, Stephen Adams says hi. Then we have Portland with with Nurkic. They were supposed to do a sign and trade with Nurkic involving Nurkic and Cousins, but um, surprise, they have the same agent, so that was gonna work. Then the Raptors. It might have worked, but I don't know if Valanciunas and Ibaka are trying to give up their playing time to make this work. The Wizards, as much as I would love to see a John Wall, Boogie Cousins reunion, I don't think that Scott Brooks is the right coach for Boogie. And then, of course, Golden State. Here's how. Here's why their situation is the best for Boogie. Is like it's low risk. They was gonna win the title anyway, so there's like no rush to get back into the swing of things. In all honesty, Boogie Cousins did what you would have done for your sorry ass son if he got injured and he needed a year to prove himself. He went to the he went to the best situation possible. Quite legitimately, Peyton Man did it. He got released. Um, he went to the best possible situation to prove himself for another contract, and he did, and he won a ring from it. So I don't see the issue. I went on Twitter. Um, of course, people were just like, "Yeah, this ruined the league," but realistically. Come on, guys. Realistically speaking, the Warriors only can afford Boogie for one year. It's a one-year rental. Y'all can save the whole super team talk, all that, whatever, whatever. Because next year, Clay's getting an extension. Draymond's getting an extension. Even if they take less money, they're not going to have enough money to have a mid-level exception in Boogie. And Boogie is trying to get max money next year. Boogie is trying to get paid in 2019. I really actually don't see the problem with him taking this one-year deal. Of course, it's going to look unfair, and this is definitely, definitively going to end LeBron's streak of eight straight years in the finals, but, I mean, we all thought the NBA was ruined when KD left, but, hey, we're here now. Actually, if you want anything to blame, there's a, it's a lot of people to blame for this. Um, 29 other teams could have got Boogie Cousins in some way, shape, or form, like either with the mid-level tax exception that I mentioned with um, both non-taxpayer and taxpayer mid-level exceptions. There were 10 teams that could have got him outright. There could have been teams that could have traded for him. But ultimately, it's a lot of people's. It's a, it's a lot of things that went right for this situation to happen. So um, if you remember, Steph Curry had bad ankles. So he had so when it turned time for, for his next contract, he took less money because he kind of was a fight risk. We didn't know if his ankles were going to, like, sure up or not. So, after that, you know, after he became a star, of course, he was, like, one of the, what, the most valued superstars on a low budget. His return on investment for his contract is absurd. So, we had that in mind. Then James Harden gets traded to the Rockets. So keep that in mind as well. And then I think what came on later down the line, LeBron went to Cleveland in 2015. Okay, so this is the this is probably the biggest factor on how this could happen. So 2015, the Players Association declines on having a cap smoothing option for the impending 2016 revenue spike that was going to happen for the new TV deal. So with that. Keep that in mind because that's like a really big part of why this happened. Fast forward to the 2016 NBA Finals. The NBA front office decides to suspend Draymond Green for one game, upgrading his double technical to a flagrant one, causing, you can say this caused the Warriors to lose. If Draymond was there for game five, I'm pretty sure they would have won. And with that and the cap spike, it afforded enough space 
to have KD signed to the Warriors. This all really, 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 really would not have happened if Boogie did not rupture his Achilles. This all literally would not happen if if Boogie was healthy, but he wasn't. And now we're here. Oh, and not to mention, David Stern did block that trade for CP3 to join the Lakers. Maybe if Steph Curry's ankles was healthy, it maybe if Steph Percy wasn't cheap and actually paid James Harden. Maybe if the NBA Players Association decided to not have, go with a cast-moving option. Maybe if the Warriors didn't blow a 3-1 lead. It's a whole lot of things that could have happened to prevent five All-Stars to be on the same team. But now we're here. And to be quite frank with you, it is great for the league. Not good, but great. For all y'all saying, oh, parity is dead, da-da-da. There hasn't been parity in the league since its inception. If we're being honest with, if I'm being completely honest with y'all, six teams in the NBA have 70% of the NBA's titles. Let me say that again. Six teams in the entire league have 70% of the NBA's titles. Again, six teams have 70% of the NBA's championships. There is no parity. We had the Celtics in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Then we had the Bulls in the 90s. We also had the Lakers in the 80s as well. Maybe with a little sprinkle of the Detroit Pistons in there. Then we had the Lakers and the Spurs in the 2000s. Then we had the Heat in the 2010s. And now we have the Warriors. So spare me with this super team talk. The league was built on super teams. We have bird rights. We have free agency. We have a whole lot of provisions like the mid-level tax exception. We have a whole lot of things that grant teams the ability to make a super team. And quit with the narrative that the Marcus P- Cousins is a pussy for betting on himself. What do you want the Warriors to say? Oh, we love this. Oh, we love this deal. Um, but just to be fair to the NBA, we're going to have to kindly decline. Do you really think Joe Lakeup would have said that? It speaks to the 29 teams that didn't give him an offer. But you know what? Stop being salty. It's only one year. And he's probably going to the Lakers in 2019. But then again, that's another super team for another day. We actually had games last night, goddammit. After about a month of wallowing in the 4-0 sweep of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Warriors, you know, started a summer league campaign with a W, winning over the Heat 79-68. Jordan Bell only had like four points, five rebounds, three assists, three steals, you know, slight. For the, for the sophomore, heading on over to Utah League. The Jazz beats the, beat the Spurs, 92-76. Grayson Allen went 4 for 16, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 5 defensive, 7 assists. You know, slight game. I didn't expect this from Grayson, honestly. But let's go back to let's go to the two games that actually mattered in the Summer League. The Hawks and Grizzlies and the Lakers King. So, Trey Young de- debuted, and he went 4 for 20. Airballed his first two threes, missed his first 10 attempts, but overall he scored 16, four rebounds, three assists. Only had two turnovers, but then again, he did go minus 17. His lottery mate, Jaron Jackson Jr., went off for 29 on an efficient 9 for 15 shooting, had three rebounds, two blocks, and went for and went plus 16. But then again, summer league isn't indicative of how you're going to develop an NBA, so. 
as a Hawks fan of my damn self, I'm not overreacting. We, mm, damn. But at the same time, damn, we could have Luka for the nightcap. The Lakers and the Kings. I mean, Lonzo didn't play because of a meniscus. Kuzma didn't play either. But it, it still made entertaining basketball. Josh Hart led the way with 23 off of 17 shooting. He had three rebounds, four assists, five turnovers, and two techs. Yes, we had a, a fucking ejection in Summer League. Who says that these matches don't matter? Who says rivalries don't matter in the Summer League? On the other end, we had De'Aaron Fox going off for 23 off of 60% shooting, eight rebounds, six to six, and then three steals with the swiper. And Frank Mason the third, Harry Giles the third, and Marvin Bagley the third all had efficient shooting nights, going for 16, 13, and 18 points respectively. Other three, Harry Giles had the highest plus minus of the night with plus nine. Marvin Bagley had a minus one, and Frank Mason the third had a plus four. However, Marvin Bagley had the highlight of the night while dunking on Moritz Wagner with the left off of Pro Hop, told him to get the fuck up. Yeah, the Kings might be exciting. It was also exciting to see Harry Giles actually back on the court after a year. You know, kind of unpolished. He did have four turnovers, but it was just great seeing him back on the court. But the Kings might be exciting this year. Keyword might. Please, King's office, if you're hearing this right now, please don't fuck this up. But that's another story for another day. You know, free agency is batshit crazy. The summer league is finally starting, so we have basketball for once. And the Warriors are just going to win it all. Again. So until tomorrow, because free agency is free agency, it's Kyrie Kirby. Gym rats, damn, I need a catchphrase. And a co-host. And um better music. But yeah, you know, I'm out. Uh, uh.